Uh, it is great that you're here. We do love being able to do this. We think it's important for the people of God to come together, lifting up the name of Jesus. And the truth is, is I need to see you going after God. You need to see me going after God. We need each other going after Jesus together to encourage each other uh, in that journey. And so that's why we come together each and every uh, Sunday. Um, you won't find anywhere where God says you have to play church. What he says is you are the church. And the people of God come together to lift up his word, and the people of God come together to encourage each other. And that's what we do uh, here on Sundays to lift up the word, and then, of course, in our small groups um, to just continue to ask God to move among us together in groups of 10 and 12 and 15 people. And so we're glad to do that. And so thank you for being here. I want to welcome those of you that happen to be new here, lots of fresh faces here this morning. Thank you for being here. It means a lot to us that you're here. We'd love to be able to bless you with a small gift, just a way of trying to communicate our, our gratitude for you being here. In your chair back in front of you, you'll find a connection card. If you're new, grab it, fill it out. Then after the service, there's a welcome table right over here. There'll be somebody after our service just to connect with you and say, hey, thank you for coming. We're so glad to have had you. And, and they'll have a gift for you for that. If you're a part of our family, we're going to continue to worship Jesus. You can get your tithes and offerings ready just to say, Lord, we want to magnify you in every aspect of our life. We love being able to do that here. If you're new, you don't need to feel any obligation here. Uh, this is an opportunity for our family to come together and say, God, we know that you've called us. You have a mission on our lives. You have a mission in this church, and we want to be a part of what you're doing. And one of the ways that we get to do that is just by sowing in uh, in uh, partnership with Jesus um, by saying, God, you, you have it all. And we get to do that through tithes and offerings. So our ushers are gonna pass the basket. You're gonna get a basket. You can just pass it across the room. We'll pick it up on this side here uh, for that this morning. You can also give online through our website as well um, because I recognize that if you're under the age of 40, you have no idea what a check is. And so um, you can just go online and give that way as, as well. So... Um, uh, a couple of things that we want to remind you of, as I, I just mentioned, uh, we love our small groups. We, we want you to be a part of a small group. Uh, uh, our small groups, I, I, I keep hearing some amazing things that are taking place uh, all the time in our small groups. In fact, there's a testimony I'm going to get to share here in a little bit of some, some a really cool thing that's taking place in one of our small groups. And so we're uh, glad uh, for everyone to be able to have and find a family. So if you're not a part of a small group, you can grab that same connection card and put your info down and just say, hey, help us find a small group that we can be a part of to be encouraged and to be able to use our gifts and our abilities uh, with each other as well. We also want to remind you March 31st, so the end of this month, we're going to ha have a great time after uh, church service, uh, and we'll have food trucks, we're going to have lunch, we'll have stuff for the kids, we're just going to have a fun hangout time for the church, and I'd say for the church and your friends. I want en to encourage you to invite someone, maybe you've got someone that wouldn't normally come to church, but you say, hey, we're going to have a food truck there, and it's possible that you'll get like some really awesome boutique tacos, and that's the way to lure them into church. Then I, whatever it takes, we want them to come and hang out with us that morning, so be uh, maybe targeting that March 31st. That's the final Sunday of this month. We're going to have lunch together and some fun for the kids, so we want you to be um, a part uh, of that. Those are the things we've got right now. Um, I'm going to pray for us. Before I do that, everybody grab your Bible. Everybody needs a Bible. We want you to be able to see the Word of God for yourself uh, in your hands. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. If you didn't bring a Bible or don't have a Bible, uh, under the chair 
uh, next to you or in front of you should be close, uh, a Bible that you can pick up. And I'd say this, if you don't have a Bible that you feel like you can understand, I think the, the version that we have here is a faithful version, and you can take that. You can just take it as a gift um, this morning. So grab a Bible. We want you to have it, Luke chapter 11. I'm going to pray for us. We're going to have an opportunity just to engage the word here, and then um, we'll have some time just to worship and and just connect with Jesus personally uh, in worship here at the end of our time. And so let's, uh, will you pray with me? Let's just ask for God to come. Well, Jesus, we recognize that you are the author of the word. You're the author of the word because you are the word. John chapter one says, you are the word of God. Everything that has come into being came through you. You're actually the author of life. All the universe came forward because you spoke it into existence. And we just even recognize right now, our heart is beating and we take air into our lungs because you declare it. That's how intimately and intricately you are involved in your creation. And so we want to come to you, the sustainer of life, and we're asking for you to show us who you are, to send your spirit to open our ears and our eyes for all the things that you want to do and accomplish in us. So we ask that you would do that now. In Jesus' name, amen. So I ask a question, have you, have you ever had something that you really wanted to do, but you did not have the skill or the ability to be able to do it? Anyone ever had, had something like that? Of course you have. That's everybody, right? We've all had things that we wanted to do, but we didn't have the skill or ability to do it. The biggest thing, I mean, one of the things, like when I was getting ready for this message, I was thinking, what, are the, what is the thing that I really mostly wanted to do? but I didn't really have the skill or the ability to do it. As I just, as a kid, just desperately wanted to dunk a basketball. But the problem is, is that God made me um, a, a, a big-boned, slow white boy. And so I had problems. So I, I had a little bit of athletic ability, but I really wanted to dunk a basketball, but I could just never do it. Um, and so I can't say that I ever prayed for it, and I never bought those weird shoes that make you walk on your tippy toes that promised that you would, could jump out of the gym. Did y'all ever see that, the infomercial? Okay, no, that's just me. So I, that was the infomercial that meant the most to me. I was like, I think if I got those shoes, I could make it to the NBA. Um, but anyway, I could never do it except one time we were in a scrimmage. It was after my, <laughs> it was after my senior season. So the, the, the season had already finished. And we were just doing a scrimmage kind of off-season, and um, something happened where uh, there was a fast break, and I happened to be out in front, and somebody threw me the ball, and there was a rush of what I would say is both adrenaline and just possibly the miraculous work of Jesus in that moment. And I jumped off the ground, and I dunked the basketball, and then I screamed for like seven minutes straight. That's what I did. 
And I just, I was just like, I was the Hulk for a minute. And they literally had to shut the practice down because I was like going insane. I have, I have some, I have some personality issues with that. But anyway, uh, that was the one thing that I remember wanting to do. It really was not in the cards for me to do that uh, a lot. And we all had those kind of things that we wish we could do, but we didn't maybe have the skill to do it. Maybe you wanted to be a dancer or something like that, but you couldn't figure that out. Or maybe you wanted to be able to get into a really awesome school, but math is not the thing that you can do. You can't do the math things, whatever it is. We've all had those things that we would like to do, wish we had the ability to do, but we found ourselves struggling because we did not have the gifting or the ability. In fact, I'd say probably every movie that you've ever seen kind of comes around this idea. I mean, it doesn't really matter what kind of movie it is, right? So Lord of the Rings, right? You have a little bitty hobbit, who, who has no skill or ability whatsoever, who has to fight off the demons and not become a demon himself in the process of trying to destroy the ring, right? He does, but you look at the beginning of the movie and you're going, this guy does not have what it takes to get through the end of this thing. And then the story plays out. Same thing. It doesn't matter. Sports movie, Moneyball. Moneyball is about a general manager who has no money whatsoever to be able to build a baseball team. And he has to somehow be able to get his team to compete with the evil empire known as the New York Yankees, right? And that's what he's got to do. And he has no ability to do it. And you're trying to watch him acquire the ability to beat the big guys. Or every rom-com you've ever, ever watched in your life is essentially some Neanderthal guy who does not have the emotional capacity to win the heart of the overly insecure female, right? That's the story. And so he's trying to get the ability to overcome or to win her heart, right? And she's got to try to somehow. This is the story of humanity, and we all feel it in different ways, hoping or wishing to be a part of something great, but maybe feeling uh, that we're uh, set back or we don't have the ability or we don't have the skill. That's what we feel all the time. And the beauty of who God is and what he's going to say to us this morning is that there is a grand, massive, major story we're all supposed to be a part of and that God is going to give us the ability and the skill, not just to be a part of it, but to make it happen. This is the narrative that God uh, gives to us in the scripture, meaning that we all have felt like those places where we have fallen short, and what God is going to say is, I have the ability to take you beyond anything you ever thought you could be or do. This is what we see all throughout Scripture. Whatever it is that's unattainable, not only am I calling you to it. Listen, I want whatever you feel like is unattainable, not only am I going to call you to it, but I am going to empower you to accomplish it. And this is what we see all throughout the Scripture. This is what I have for your life. This is what it takes to get there. And I'm going to do in you what was previously unthinkable. This is what we see. If you will, you grab your Bible, Luke chapter 11. Now, here's, here's what we're going to see in Luke 11. It's going to say, listen, God has come by his Holy Spirit 
And he wants to empower you and give you abilities and gifts to do whatever it is that you have been called to do. But there is a key to actually walking in it. There's a key. And what we're going to see is Jesus give us the key in Luke chapter 11. Look at what it says. We'll start in verse 9. Luke chapter 11, verse 9. Jesus speaking, it says, listen, I will tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And the one who seeks, finds, and the one who knocks, it will be opened. Now look at what he says here, verse 11. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead give, instead of a fish, give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, here's the broad picture of this text, and then we'll, we'll hone in on it. Here's what God is saying. God is a good father who is eager, ready, willing to give good gifts. And what he says is, listen, you guys go around, your son asks you for something, you don't give him something bad. That's all of us in this place, but we're broken. And he says, listen, how much more when a son or a daughter comes and has the gumption to ask for something, how much more will your heavenly father give to you good things. Matthew says good things. Luke here says, give you his Holy Spirit. The, the picture here is there's a father who's eager and ready to empower, to give everything that you and I need for this life. But here's the key. Jesus is saying this. Those things that a good father's ready to give, you gotta be willing to ask. You gotta ask. Anyone who asks will receive. Anyone who was willing to seek will find. Anyone who's got the guts to knock on the door, the door will be opened. This is the promise from Jesus. So here we have the picture. You have a father who is so good, far beyond any goodness you've ever seen or experienced with your earthly father. You have a good father who's ready to impart and to give and to release to his people. But Jesus is giving the key. We gotta be willing to ask. This is the thing, the thing to unlock what God wants to do. We have a good father ready to give. And that's what we're going to explore this morning. In fact, over the next two weeks, what we're gonna explore 
is the way that a good father is ready to release and give on the condition that we're just willing to ask for it. This morning, we're going to explore those gifts that he wants to give uh, to us. And so God's ready to make us a part of a grander story, give us everything that we need, impart to us, gift us with. And the promise is that if we're willing to ask, we'll receive it. Now, if you will look at Romans chapter 12, verse four and six, we'll throw it up on the screen. Here's the promise that God is going to make to all his people. And here's what he says. For as in one body, we have many members and the members do not have all the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Now look at this. Here's the key verse. Having gifts that differ according to the grace of God given to us, let us use them. Every person in here that is a part of God's kingdom, meaning you've called on the name of Jesus, you have identified yourself as someone who's broken apart from God, acknowledge that you have that brokenness in sin, and you've asked Jesus to come and to remove that sin and to give you his purity and righteousness. You've made that exchange. Then what he's saying is that you've been given the Holy Spirit And now you have been put into a much larger story. And you've been made a part of a body that is meant to change the earth. And you've been given now gifts. And what it says is, though you're one, you're a part of many. And we've all been given these amazing gifts And in that impartation of these gifts, you were meant to change and transform the world around you. Listen, it's not a side thing of being in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Being in a relationship with Jesus Christ fundamentally changes the nature of our lives because now we live for him. That's the whole, the whole point of our lives is, is now life is no longer about Keith Robertson. And life is no longer about Bill Nishanian. Life is no longer about Joey Ruff. Life now is about the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And what he's done is he's given things to you for other people to begin to see and understand that same truth. This is what he's done. Having gifts that differ according to the grace that God has given us, let us use them. You and I are now indwelled by the Holy Spirit and therefore we have power to do things that we could not do before. Now, love superhero movies. They're awesome. They're great. You know, the Hulk is great. He's a normal dude. He gets zapped with some kind of gamma radiation in his brain, and then he becomes a Hulk. And he wasn't something before. He gets zapped, and it becomes completely something different. I don't know if the Hulk was the best, because you're not supposed to be an angry person. That's not what I'm trying. That's not the sermon. Sorry. 
But the idea is you were not something before, and then something has come upon you. And listen, now you have the ability to do something that you could not do before. Do you understand what it means to have the indwelling Holy Spirit inside of you? That that which used to be impossible to do is now possible. That's the indication from the scripture. So let us use that. And the key, of course, is the let us, let us use it, meaning the same thing that uh, we said last week, if you were here last week, is that you can be made free but not live free. Right? You could be made free in God, but you're not actually living out in freedom. In the same way here, what it's saying is you have now been empowered and gifted by the Holy Spirit, but you can be gifted by the Spirit, but not actually step into it and use it and live in it. And that is the point that we're seeing from the scriptures that we're meant to step out into these things. Paul reiterates this, exactly what Jesus said in, in terms of the position of our hearts in receiving these gifts. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, here's what he says to the church. Listen, pursue love, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now, we'll get to that uh, piece in a minute, but I wanna just back up to the first part of this. Here's what he's saying. Here's how we incline our heart. You're gonna, how do we begin to do this? Here's, here's what he's saying. You wanna incline your heart, pursue love. What does that mean? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And to love your neighbor as yourself. So here's what he's saying. Here's the inclination of the heart. Everything about us is loving Jesus and loving people, loving each other, loving the world out there. And that as we seek to pursue, hear this, as the pursuit of our heart is to love God and to love people, then desire that God would impart to you powerful, world-changing gifts for the purpose of seeing the world transformed around us. That's the attitude, that's the heart. Listen, not only do we ask for God to impart his gifts to us, but we desire to receive them. Those are the conditions. These are the conditions. Same thing that Jesus said, ask, seek, knock, And it will be given, open, released to you. Paul's saying desire that whatever it is that God wants to do in you and through you, he will give to you. He'll release over you. He'll impart to us. This is what he wants to do. Again, think on this. The God of the universe, the one who spoke this thing into existence, lives inside of us. Now, I'm just gonna say that again because it can be a little bit second nature if we're not careful to become like a secondhand piece of information. The God of the universe who spoke things into existence lives in you. Now, Whatever you thought or think you can't do, I want to be a faithful pastor 
in alignment with the faithful word of God to tell you that you're wrong. You have power and gifts and might in you, ready to be unleashed. And what Paul is saying is desire. These gifts for God to use you to touch the world around you. There is no thing that God wants to do, anything he's declared to do in you and through you that he cannot accomplish. What he's looking for are just people that have the guts to ask, to seek and to knock. It's an amazing thing to think about. And yet, all of that sounds great, to be able to live beyond ourselves, the question is, is why don't we experience it? The question is, what is it that's keeping us from stepping out into everything that God wants to do in us and through us? That's the question. What is it that's holding us back? Specifically, uh, what we see here in the scripture, when God is ready to impart his spiritual gifts to us, the things that come from God that we could not do before, what are the things that hold us back? I have a few things that we're gonna just go through these things, uh, the things that hold us back from stepping into what God wants to do through us. We're gonna step on these things, if you will, with the scripture, and then we're just gonna ask God to begin to empower us as a church. That's how this is gonna go. All right, here, what are, what are the things that keep us from living out in our giftings? Number one, just straight, plain ignorance. Ignorance. There are things that God is doing, but we're often uninformed or unaware. We have to know, listen, this is so important. We have to know because our purpose is literally tied to these spiritual gifts. <laughs> I want you to think about this. If you've been put in Christ, the literal purpose that you have in this life is tied to the empowerment or the gifting of the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we don't have the luxury of not understanding or not knowing. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul says to the church, he says, listen, now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Some, some texts say ignorant or unaware. The, one of the most important things for us is to begin to be aware of, God, how is it that you gift your people and what do you want to do and accomplish in and through me? To understand that, to, act, to begin to ask the question. Um, I had an amazing uh, grandfather growing up. Uh, when I think about my grandfather, uh, he, he'd do anything, anything. And he knows, I feel like knows everything about everything, right? So he's the one that taught, uh, he, he taught us how to fish. He was a banker, so he knows about you know, financial investments and everything. You could talk to him about anything. He worked at a Coca-Cola bottling factory back in like the, the 40s. He just knew all these, the, these things. He, 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 he built a, a lake house and he like did it with his own two hands. Like there's nothing that he didn't know. There's nothing that he couldn't do. I was 16 years old. I just wanted to go spend time with him. And I actually was feeling a burden from the Holy Spirit because I wasn't sure about his heart with, as it related to God. I wasn't sure about that, and I, I felt like he was asking me to go 
share, I felt like the Lord was asking me to go share Jesus with my grandfather. I was 16, so I drove by myself like nine hours east uh, in Texas. You can drive for days and days and still be in Texas. So I drove, um, around West Texas, I drove uh, out to East Texas where my grandfather was and just wanted to spend and share some time with him. And uh, as we were talking through some things, uh, it, it, we, we got into some pretty heavy conversation. And my grandfather, who knew everything about everything, like, taught me so many things. When, I, when we started talking about spiritual things, here's what he did. He says, well, I don't really know about, I don't know about all that stuff. We started talking about God parting waters. And he's like, well, I, I don't really know about that. that that's, that's a spiritual stuff. And I just was like, it, it shocked me at my core. It's one of the things that I remember. This man who knows everything about it, like there was literally never anything that he didn't know about when it came to this spiritual matter, it was like, well, I don't really know how that works. And I'm just afraid that something like the spiritual gifts that God wants to impart to us, that we live uninformed because it's like that thing out there that I don't, can't totally get my head around. And we live lives that fall short of the greatness that we all want to be a part of because we just don't know and we're not willing to explore. And Paul's writing to the Corinthian church because they were missing some understanding of what God wanted to do. And he said, listen, when it comes to these spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be uninformed. This is something worth asking, seeking, and knocking for. That God is ready to give these gifts to us is what he wants to do. Secondarily, on top of ignorance, there's misunder- we have misunderstanding about it in general. And I want to just be careful with this moment because... Many of us grew up in church uh, traditions that wanted to say something, that said this, that the gifts that God gives to us, especially the supernatural gifts that we read, are no longer available to the church. Because when the Bible closed, when they closed the canon of Scripture, when the Bible was finally fully formed, God stopped doing those things. And I just, let me just say this before I get into this. There are some amazing teachers of the word who have that belief. Bless and honor. They love Jesus. They're for Jesus. And uh, they're faithful expositors of the word. And, and uh, my heart is never to, to denigrate or degrade in any way people who love Jesus. But can I just say, pastorally speaking, there is no way that you can come to an understanding of, the, to, to, to read and know the word of God and come to an understanding that God doesn't move miraculously in our lives. What, what I mean by that is you can look at Hebrews chapter 13, and here's what it says. Jesus is the same yesterday and today and forever. Meaning this that the supernatural power of God to blast a breath and part the Red Sea is available right here and right now. He's not a different God. He's the same God looking for partners who are willing to have the guts to go, I think you can part the Red Sea through me. Because I can promise you this, When Moses started on that journey, he had 
no belief whatsoever that he was going to be the agent that parted the Red Sea. And Peter had no idea when he's falling in the water and he's supposed to walk on water and he's falling down and he's denying Christ three times, he had no idea he was going to be one of the fathers of the church. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We aren't serving a God who somehow, when the Bible was finished, became powerless, as if God is looking back and going, oh, well, it's 2019. They've become so scientific. I guess I'm out of the game. I just want to say for the church, as I look at us just faithfully in this church, I don't want to stand, listen, I don't want us to be a church that stands before God and says, well, we limited you because it doesn't seem like you do those things anymore. We didn't ask because scientifically we were told that you can't do that anymore. It's a scary and dangerous place to be, and I just want to say I think the enemy has often tried to stand on human intellect in order to keep us from stepping out into what God wants to do. He wants to move miraculously. I would just, and, and just as a side note, the New Testament, the vast teaching of the scripture, the vast teaching of the scripture with respect to the spiritual gifts that God wants to impart to us, they come from letters that were written to the church body who were just as messy and broken and yucky as you and I are. And they're written to them because Paul was trying to say to them, rise up, church, and walk in what God has empowered you to be and do. And I would just say, he's saying to New River Fellowship, church, let us rise up and stand in to what God has called us to be and to do. It's what we see. The spirit of God is continuing to move in many ways. He empowers us to overcome. Listen, he empowers us to overcome things like anger and control. And he empowers us to do things like ask God to move mountains and heal diseases and transform lives and restore marriages and remove cancer. That's what he does. And he's looking for a people that are willing to ask and seek and knock and desire that he would do it through them. But it takes some guts. And even as I say that, one of the inhibitions is that we feel like things are too weird, right? Just, if you're new to the game here, right, when it talks, when it talks through the scripture about the things that God wants to do through his body, it feels just a little bit weird because it's outside of our ability to do it. It's outside of our control. There are gifts, listen, there are gifts that are universally accepted in the body, like gift of service or gift of hospitality. And we go, oh yeah, gift of hospitality. Okay, if I get some plates and some cups, I think I got this, right? And that's what we do. We think, okay, well, I can do that one. 
I can do the gift of service. The problem is, is that God doesn't make any distinction between what feels like the gifts that we can do and the ones that feel a little weird or outside of our... In fact, look, uh, it's a Romans 12. I'll just read it to you. Romans 12, verse 6. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. That's the text we read a minute ago. Now, here's what it says. Let us use them, colon, if prophecy in proportion to your faith. If service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in his generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. Now, here's what I love is what Paul is saying is, listen, the Holy Spirit is going to begin to grant and give gifts to accomplish the mission that he's given to you. And some of you are going to prophesy and some of you are going to serve and Jesus makes no distinction whatsoever between the super weird ones that we can't control and the ones we think, I think I could probably make that happen. There's no distinction here. They're just gifts. They're just gifts that God is ready to impart and to give. It's what he wants to do. He's ready and willing. So if things are a little too weird for you, one, I would just say, well, welcome to the club because when you decide to interact and make your life in alignment with a supernatural being, it's gonna go outside of what you feel like you can get your hands around. This is period. This is, it's all what it's saying. So that's not to scare you. It's just to say, hey, here's a journey. Now, I wanna uh, uh, speak to this because one of the other things that keep us from connecting with this is the abuses that have taken place. And we just need to acknowledge that there have been abuses with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There have been uh, those that have utilized or taken the gifts and, and been heavy handed or even abusive or unfaithful, or there have been, I would say, works that looked or were tried you know, attempted to be in the spirit, but were works of the flesh. There's all kinds that we could spend all day long going through those things. Lots of people bringing abuse and maybe chaos in the name of the spirit and spiritual gifts. But I just want to say one, when just because somebody says something is in the name of Jesus doesn't make it the name of Jesus. One of the great tragedies of all time were things done in Nazi Germany in the name of Jesus. All right, just because it's done in the name of someone. In fact, the, the indication from Scripture is there are going to be people who do things in the name of Jesus. And when it comes time for them to look Jesus face to face and stand before the, the righteous judge, he's going to say, you did things in my name, even supernatural things in my name. Depart from me. I never knew you. So there can, be, there can be abuses done in the name of Jesus that aren't about Jesus. Secondarily, I want to say this. Just because an abuse is done in the name of Jesus doesn't make the gift or the attitude or the spirit that was being abused false. The American way we say this is you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater. And there are broken things because, candidly, the church are a group of broken people awaiting when we're made perfect, when we get to see Jesus face to face. And so there are 
maybe things done in a broken way, but that doesn't mean or negate the gifts. In fact, I would just say, listen, just because there's something that is done wrong doesn't make the thing wrong. And I just see that if you, if you find yourself feeling uncomfortable with the things of the Spirit of God, uh, one of the things that's easy to do is to point to abuses and, and, and we'll say, well, there's an abuse, so I'm just gonna keep my hands off of it. And that's, that's our way of trying to stay comfortable rather than stepping out in faith into the thing that God's asking us to do. And so just because there's abuse, an abuse doesn't make uh, the thing un- invalid. And that's one of those big obstacles that we've seen in, in Scripture. But I think here's, here's the biggest obstacle. We'll finish with this. And then, I'll, in fact, uh, band, you guys can come up. We're going to get ready for this just to engage God. The final, the biggest issue we have is, yeah, but not me. So just, the, the, of all the battles there are in understanding and receiving and walking in the power or the gifts of the Holy Spirit of God, is we go, yeah, I think that's good. It's just good for everybody else, but not me. I think it's good for that guy. I can look over there. That couple, you know, they raise their hands really high during the song. I think they got it together. God can do that through them. Or yeah, the preacher guy, he seems to have his act together. I'm sure God could use that guy for that. But little me in my brokenness and my sin and the every way that I've fallen short, God can't, or God certainly wouldn't use me. He wouldn't empower me. I don't have enough faithfulness. I don't have enough hours. I don't have enough time invested. And we'll come up with a hundred different excuses as if, hear this, the narrative of the entire word of God is I am going to empower imperfect people for my namesake and glory. In fact, I just wanna, I wanna put this suggestion out to you. I think God wants to use you, empower, use me, empower, use us, empower with all our imperfections so that we can stand and proudly say, not my name, but his. Not my power, but his. This is what God wants to do among us. I'm gonna finish with this. Two weeks ago, in fact, you can put your stuff down, then we're just gonna worship. Two weeks ago, Crystal Curls, aunt and uncle, Donna and Hank were here. Crystal's uh, wife of Jeremy. Jeremy's our worship pastor. Crystal's aunt was here two weeks ago, just hanging out with us. She's, they, they've, uh, Donna and Hank have come up to hang out with us uh, several times. Lived down in Florida. They came up here. Two weeks ago, uh, Donna was up here because she was getting ready for a pre-op uh, appointment that she has. Donna has a, uh, a tumor that is growing on her brain and onto her uh, spinal stem. It has been growing for 12 years. This is a precious, precious woman. They're, these are sweet people. It's been growing actively growing for 12 years, 
has not stopped growing. She has been through three or four surgeries. It's a very, very risky surgery. So they don't want to do the surgery if they don't have to. But as the mass has continued to grow, if they don't do the surgery, it will inevitably kill her. So she's had a few surgeries. She was here. And so she was here just before she was on her way to a pre-op meeting. So she happened to be here on the day when our small, small groups were meeting. And so Hank and Donna jumped in with the curls small group. And they're just jumping in. They're ha- having small group together. And Donna is sharing the weight of, she's, the doctors have finally come and said, listen, if we don't, here's your choice. If we don't do this surgery, it's a risky surgery, but if we don't do it and you allow this mass to continue to grow, it's going to take your life. And so she had elected to do the surgery. So they they're in their small group time, and they just begin to pray. Just, God, heal. Just change. Just move. Would you touch her life, God? We're asking for an MRI that would somehow show that this thing is gone. God, would you move in power? So I, don't, I, I think you could ask Hank or Donna. I don't know that Donna felt anything super crazy happen to her in that moment. But she goes to her uh, pre-op appointment, they want to do one last picture of her brain before they actually, so they know exactly where to cut, so they can know exactly what to do. They, they do the picture, they come back and they sit with her and they say, we're, Donna, we're going to recommend that we don't do the surgery because for the first time in 12 years, this tumor has shrunk. It's never shrunk, not once in 12 years. It's never shrunk. He says, if it's going to shrink, then we, wanna, we, wanna, we don't want to invade. We don't want to get in there. We want to see what this thing is going to do. Now, let me tell you something. I know the people that are in the curl small group, not a, one of them would call themselves a faith healer or somebody that is a healer. What they would say is this. They just had the guts to ask and just say, God, you can do the impossible through me, a broken servant. I know the people in the curl small group, not one of them would say they're sinless or they have their life figured out or their marriages are fixed or any of that kind of stuff. They all have many things that they're dealing with in life, but they just were willing to ask. So we just want to be a people that are willing to ask. That's what we're going to ask God to do as we just sing. We're going to sing for just a little bit. And here's my encouragement to you. As we sing, would you just be willing to turn your heart toward the Lord and just say, God, empower me. I don't know how you do all these things. I don't know how it all works. What I know is to some you give this gift and sometimes you give this gift. And in fact, in 1 Corinthians 12, the the final scriptures, verse seven says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. Meaning this, this is why God gives his gifts as he just wants to bless and to touch. All of the gifts of God are meant to just be good, to bring goodness into this life. For the one is given through the spirit and utterance of wisdom and utterance of knowledge according to the same spirit. It goes on and on to all these gifts, but I want to point to the final scripture in verse 11. It says, all these are empowered by one and the same spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills, which all that means is this. God can give any gift to any person whenever he feels like it because he's God. We just can. Are we willing to just ask? Are we willing to hunger 
to just say, Lord, I want to pursue loving you and loving people, but Lord, would you empower, would you, I just desire that you would gift me so that I can change the world around me. That's what we're going to ask. Would you stand with me? I'm going to pray. We're just going to start right now. God, we want to thank you for supernaturally healing and touching Donna's body right now. And I thank you that you use the little bitty old church and that little bitty old small group to show that you're a faithful king of the universe. There's no tumor that stands above your power. There is no uh, iniquity. There's no sin. There's no disease that can stand under the weight of your righteousness and holiness. And Lord, I'd say this, there's not a one of us who carries anything inside of us that could keep us from hosting the powerful presence of God because of your cleansing uh, work that you've done for us on the cross. You made us holy and righteous. Therefore, we can walk as sons. We walk like Jesus, ready to move and to minister, to bless, to encourage not to abuse and not to puff ourselves up, but Lord, we're asking right now, in humility, fill us. In humility, gift us. In humility, lead us to places where we see transformation taking place. God, where our workplaces become the, uh, a place for the activity of your spirit, where our homes become a place for the activity of your spirit. Father, give good, your good, good father, you give good gifts to your children. We want to receive as children. Open our hearts to this, we ask, as we sing in Jesus' name.